This is Recovery in Life Podcast, Episode 3, Recovery versus Sobriety. Welcome, this is Recovery in Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sebring Sands, and I'll take you through my journey of recovering from pornography addiction and help you understand common and most important recovery principles as well as helping you live life to the fullest. Welcome everyone to another episode, and I'm excited to talk to you guys about recovery versus sobriety. I first learned about this concept while I was listening to an episode from the podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, The Expert, Um, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a very good podcast, and I highly recommend it. And I came across this when I kind of first started Real Recovery. My wife heard about it from um, from Instagram. And I had just come off of a five to six month stint of, of relapsing and acting out and not telling uh, my wife. And then I started reaching out to other people, connecting with other people that are going through the same thing in a real way, in a very helpful way, and, and asking for help that I really didn't do before. And I listened to this podcast and it was about um, sobriety versus recovery. And I was very confused and it kind of turned my whole mindset and world upside down because I was not sure what this concept of recovery even was. I knew sobriety was not acting out in any means necessary. And that's, that's the that's the part that we get in trouble with by any means necessary. Sobriety is essential for recovery, but we cannot just focus on sobriety because by living recovery, that is where we are fulfilling our needs in a way, in a healthy way where we don't need to act out. And that, that behavior is being satisfied and those connections are being satisfied in healthy ways in fulfilling ways that really improve our life rather than bring us down be- from the addiction. And the best, a good way to sum up sobriety is the concept of white knuckling. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this term before, but you can kind of white knuckle your way through lots of different things. You can just grit your teeth and hold on. You can get through a lot of things. It could be a bad day at work or a bad day at school or a argument with your wife and you're kind of just riding through and holding on through the emotions and through the stresses of these situations and eventually we get out of it and we can not white knuckle and and think that we're good but this is the part where where it gets us and we fall hard because of this mentality of white knuckling in recovery. So when we white knuckle through life, through stress, through our unmet needs of whatever that may be in our life, and false beliefs that we have, those things are painful and they're hard to deal with. And we've been coping with it in an unhealthy way, but it was a coping mechanism of the addiction. And we've been numbing ourselves through these hard emotions and situations in life. 
And now that we've taken that away with no support, that leads to white knuckling and it's dreadful. It is hard. It's unpleasant. It sucks. And it demoralizes us and it breaks us down. We burn out and then we relapse and we put our resolve again or it might be our wife threatening to leave us or something bad happening because of it. The shame gets to us and we're like, okay, we're going to do it again. And the same things happen. Life happens. Um, Being honest is harder than it, it sounds like. And we might not be as honest to our spouses or wives or ourselves as we want to. It creates more shame. The stresses of life get to us even harder. Emotions are uncomfortable. And we have nothing to numb ourselves through it and to get us through it because we've taken away um, the addiction and acting out through sobriety. And then we relapse again. And we and we realize, what's going on? Why why is this even happening? Why can't I even make it three weeks? Or I make it three weeks and bam, I relapse on the spot. Why is this even happening? It's because of the white knuckling. We can live life and work through the emotions and our un- our needs that need to be fulfilled and met in a healthy way. But that doesn't happen overnight. And if we don't replace the unhealthy way of coping with life as the addiction with something that is healthy, that is fulfilling, that are meeting those needs, then we're going to continue to relapse. And life is going to be hard and it's going to suck for everyone involved. And we realize why we can never get ahead in recovery. It's not even recovery because we're not treating, we're not treating ourselves honestly and the people around us because we're not focusing on what the real issues are in recovery. And that's the problem. This is kind of a confusing concept. And when I first heard that podcast, I was very confused And like I said earlier, I just didn't have the capacity to understand what recovery was and what the difference between recovery and sobriety and white knuckling. And it was kind of disheartening. But I grabbed on to something that I think I knew what it was and what I could work towards to overcome, and that was shame. They talked about in that episode, and I really understood the feeling of shame because I've been feeling it for years, not exactly knowing what it was and how it was keeping me down, and that's what I focused on first for me was, I don't know what recovery is really at all, but I'm going to work on shame. I'm going to try to eliminate shame from my life, and when I am feeling it, to to tell myself to ground myself, I didn't know what grounding was, but to, to tell myself the truth of the situation rather than believe these these false, untrue things that I'm telling myself, whether it be with my wife as she's being triggered, I'll own the part that I'm responsible for that, yeah, she's being triggered because of these feelings that I've caused through the betrayal and the betrayal trauma, but I'm not continuing that. 
and she's feeling these things because of this or that. It might be something really unrelated that brings those feelings of, of, of hurt and betrayal and also worry on her part and control because she's going through a fear cycle. And that's, and that's not my fault. And that's not caused directly by me. And I can, I can separate myself and realize, hey, yes, she's hurting right now. I could be empathetic, but I don't have to, I don't have to take responsibility for every bad feeling that she is feeling. And that's the shame part. And things like that starting to work through what was my part to do, my part to own and to work through with her and the parts that I don't, I can be empathetic with her, but it's her life that she has to work through and to cope in a healthy way as well. And it's part of her recovery as well. Um, and then I kind of started working towards, okay, sobriety, what's sobriety? Sobriety is good and and the principle of just not acting out in the addiction. And that's very good because that's where we want to be in. But if we're going at it with the, I'm just going to work through this and stop and, and grip my teeth through the whole thing. And just so my wife doesn't leave me or so that my wife is happy and that I might be able to feel good when she's feeling good because I'm so codependent because of the shame and just how the relationship was developed in the beginning, um, that's not going to work out very well. And also being mindful of the things that are causing you to want to look at porn. That is a very important thing. And I'll kind of talk about mindfulness a little bit later in a different episode, go more in depth of it, but recognizing, okay, when you are triggered, what are you really feeling? Um, you might have to break out a feeling wheel um, so you can understand and maybe look out all the different kinds of emotions that we can be feeling, which are a ton that we don't even know about or don't know how to express because we've been numb for so long. But breaking that out and going through, okay, I might be really hungry. I might be stressed by something. I might be a little mad about something in my life that's happening I might be feeling disappointed. I might be going into hopelessness and things like that. Like, no wonder I'm triggered. My body is trying to come up with a way to comfort me and to deal with the pain and the suffering and the discomfort that these emotions produce. And I've trained my brain to respond in this way by looking at porn or acting out. And no wonder I'm going crazy and when we're just white knuckling it, we're not, we're not coping with those emotions in a healthy way. We'll just go right back to what we know what to do. And that doesn't lead to recovery. That just leads to more shame and more betrayal, more hurt on everybody's part. And that's no fun. And that's not the purpose of recovery. And that's what the tendency we kind of, we try to run to sometimes and we don't know the difference between that and recovery so now that we've talked about sobriety and what that looks like in which we white knuckle we use our willpower and we just hold on every day to try and make it and not relapse but 
find ourselves burnt out, relapsing, and just suffering, and it's an awful existence. What does recovery look like then? If if that's sobriety, we're just focusing on not relapsing, and this is all that's happening to us. Well, what's what's recovery? Well, the, the recovery is the opposite of our addiction, and that's connection. We're searching for connection. We need connection as human beings, but we've we've had this unhealthy connection to our addiction for so long. We've we didn't seek it or other places in a more healthy way. We desperately are trying to um, fill that void that we've been trying to that we've been using our addiction to fill, and that's never been working, and it never works because it's it's not very effective. So recovery is we have to find those th- we have to fill the void. But how the heck do we do that? How do we fill the void? Well, what is the void? What am I trying to um, fill with my addiction? That can be many different things. Um, the thing about pornography and pornography addiction um, is that it's such a powerful feeling and and action, and it produces such a powerful result that it's hard to replace that with something that's actually healthy because we've been training our brain over the years to only like a set of stimulus that our body responds to a set of stimulus and it's never going to be satisfied if we don't have that but of course as we know that it is not edifying so we're trying to use more and more and go more extreme to satisfy those cravings and that false connection that we're thinking that we need, and it leads to disaster. So what, how can we find what we need to fill the void? Well, connection is very important. So we need personal connection with our spouses, with friends, with family, and to be vulnerable and to really express our true selves with people. And that's very, very hard for so long, we've been hiding ourselves behind a mask because of our shame and our unwillingness to to find healthy ways to connect. We just put up barriers and we've numbed ourselves for so much that we don't even know what we're feeling and how to be vulnerable. And this is a very difficult thing to get used to and get started doing in our lives in order to form those health connections. So be vulnerable is being honest, really trying to search what we're truly feeling and express those things with others and with other friends or people that also are going through the same addiction and recovering along with you to connect with them and with people you feel comfortable with about everyday feelings and anxieties you have, stresses, things you're being you're worried about, expectations that are making you feel certain ways, all these things are very important to recognize and help pro- be, and help process with others because that's when you really find out what are the causes of these certain things, what is that you really need and to 
to go and make a plan to fill those needs in a healthy way. In recovery, we're also focusing on repairing relationships with spouses, partners, friends, family, through honesty and connection and vulnerability. And these are essential, especially with betrayal trauma, how the spouse partner that has been betrayed and how to start repairing those feelings and relationship with honesty and trust and and trying to create an environment of safety where they feel comfortable sharing their thoughts and opinions and and feelings and also even when it comes to sex and other relationships and connections where they have to feel a certain level of safety for them to be so vulnerable in having that physical intimacy with with you with with the person in in recovery that you're both are being edified and strengthened in that healthy connection because that is vital especially in a, a marriage um and as very crucial in creating that safety and as a very big part of what makes um, spouses unsafe and it creates that um, that fear a lot of the times in that in those spaces because that's where a lot of insecurities are anyway and that is the party addiction where it is manifesting itself in a physical way most times and it's hard to it's hard to deal with that and to work through that that's also part of recovery going to those hard places in your relationship where both have been hurt and expectations have been probably not where they should be and it's created a lot of negative feelings around it and repairing those and and walking together and repairing those is very crucial and important as well the difference between recovery and sobriety you can say is in recovery you can you can still act out and be in recovery and that is mind-blowing think when I first heard that I was like what you can be in recovery and still relapse and still act out what is that well in recovery we aren't going to be perfect especially when we're starting the path so acting out probably will be the process of recovery but if we're solely focused on sobriety we are going to act out but we're not going to learn from it we're not going to grow from those times where we do fail we do fall down and that's the cool thing about recovery is learning is so much on every part with bottom lines where we we put in certain safety mechanisms where we do get into trouble and then act out whether it be taking your phone to the bathroom which has been mine for a long time or other places where you know yourself getting to a point where you start having those thoughts of wanting to relapse and act out and then you start doing certain behaviors that make it easy to get into the pattern of doing that and you can get into the same rut as you would and then relapse so those things are very important as well as we learn when we do relapse what what went wrong what places did i did i let Maybe certain rules I let slide to myself or certain bottom lines that I didn't hold in place and be accountable for. 
that kind of led me to this to this um, acting out. And same thing with acting out. What was going on in your life when you did act out? Um, your feelings, your thoughts, your beliefs at that time. What major situations you were you were dealing with? If they were extreme, were you trying to numb that? And all those questions and that processing is very important. And then making a plan for okay, what's what steps I'm gonna take to not necessarily not act out again, but yes, that's part of it. But to 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 treat the symptom or treat the core reasons of why I was acting out in the first place and recognize, be more mindful of. Okay, when I am feeling stress, should I reach out to someone and connect with them to fill that void? Or if I'm feeling hopeless or helpless, to reach out to someone and calm my fears of whatever I'm being feeling hopeless about. Or it could be setting better bottom lines where you you catch yourself at places and are mindful at places where you can turn around and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something that's healthy. I'm going to to take care of myself in a healthy way rather than acting out and taking the easy way out. And all these things are very valuable from acting out and you don't get that in sobriety because you're so focused I'm not doing it I'm never you have those weird thoughts and unattainable thoughts of I'm never gonna do this again I'm good and then we relapse three days later and realized what the heck was going on right and we just went through a hellstorm of of stress at school or, or work or whatever and we just had a fight with our wife and we're feeling down. We're feeling shame about our previous relapse and all these things combined. And if we cannot do it in a healthy way, we we don't have those outlets for connection and to realize what feelings we are feeling so we can address them. We can talk through them or process them with, with people. Then it's just going to lead to more relapse without any learning and you feel like you're stuck and you will be stuck because you won't be, you'll be doing the same thing every time trying to do a different outcome. And that's the definition of insanity, which is insane. I know it feels like that, but then we're, we lied to ourselves saying, okay, I'm, I'm sticking it out. I'm white knuckling it through. I can do this. And we, we think we're in recovery, but we really aren't. But it's the process of discovering, you know, what connections we need in our life, how we can recognize feelings and, and cope with them and turn and deal with them in a healthy way. And also healthy outlets for entertainment and self-care and things that make you feel joy in your life are very important as well. Because that's part of the void that we've been trying to fill is the, the, the boredom, the stress, and entertainment we kind of all wrap into one with with pornography and with our addiction. But when we find truly fun and healthy ways of achieving those those goals of ours, then we're more satisfied, we're more edified. It doesn't leave to compulsive behavior because those things are edifying. And we're getting out of we're trying to train our brain again to get out of those habit loops of, of when we 
do feel these feelings. We feel instantly triggered because it's the easiest way to numb our pain and numb these uncomfortable feelings. And it, it goes leads us to do these ritualizations where we go step by step, do very similar things every time because we train our ba- brains to, to act out in a certain pattern. And then we fall into this unbreakable habit, it seems like, and we then will act out. But, but recognizing those things and breaking free with them and and living life where we are participating it in a healthy way is recovery. And it's hard and it takes time and it takes one foot after the other as we walk on this path, but is well worth it. And it is satisfying. And if and when we do relapse and we worked on our shame and resilience, we won't feel as bad. And then we'll we'll be honest, we'll connect, we'll process, and we'll learn from it, and we'll be better the next time and just gets better, a positive feedback loop of positivity, of of healthy living, of more satisfying living. And that is the true miracle of recovery is all those things. And sobriety is part of that, obviously, because we do need to not act out in our behavior, in our addiction. But that's not the only thing we're doing. And if we're just focusing on not doing it, we're going to be obsessing about it because we're going to be thinking about what we're not wanting to do. And it, it creates that that unbearable tension in our lives. And if we're not coping with all the stuff we've been numbing, life just sucks because all these feelings that are hard to deal with sometimes aren't being dealt with in a healthy way and dealt with in a way you can process them and can deal with them and can live your life with them. And that just leads to more heartache and more disaster. And ultimately, depending on where you want your life to go, you know, ruining a life. And that is always sad. And that is the real power of recovery as well. Is when we do get into those healthy ways of living, it is amazing. And people see progress in us. Our spouses and partners that are with us, they see that progress, the honesty, the um, connection, they feel the burden being lightened and it really is. And sometimes they might be triggered that we're doing so good and they're not recovering as well as they hope or expected to, but that's okay too. And we can, we can practice on more shame resilience and, and helping them feel safe and and cherished and, and loved. And that's life. And that's how we repair lives. And that's how we live life to the fullest. And that's how we enjoy life and really, really participate in life. And that is very exciting. Well, that's my two cents about the difference between sobriety and recovery. I encourage you all to, again, listen to that episode. I'll link it in the description of the Betray the Addicted, the Expert podcast, where they do talk about sobriety versus recovery where you get the perspective of the expert of what he sees common in people and what the difference is and how you can tell and things to think about. Because a lot of these podcasts are great um, ways to get yourself thinking and realizing, okay, 
things have to change in my life or this has to change or that has to change. I need to do this better, that better. That's great. And applying that is very helpful. I love when I can apply those and when I do hear of an episode super applicable of what I'm dealing with that week or that month and how it's hard and how I it is reassuring to hear other people have experienced that and this is how they dealt with it and also realizing I'm progressing because I am you know slowly slowly and one step at a time I'm dealing with these things that have been issues in my life for a long for a long long time and that's an awesome feeling well I, I hope you guys like this episode um feel free to leave me comments questions concerns anything in my email it's linked also in the description in the show notes and i hope to see you guys next week or here talk to you guys next week next week is a bit of a treat hopefully it's entertaining to you guys so i think everyone should read a part of recovery a part of life and periodically i'm going to give you suggestions of books to read and kind of my take on it what it's about Give a little bit of detail so it's not completely pointless, but some details and but obviously obviously not enough for you to not read the book, but also suggesting that you do read the book and f- how I find it valuable, how I've applied certain things that I really liked about the book. Um, some will be nonfiction and some will be my favorite fiction books I've read in in the past and some I'm kind of currently reading some I have read some I'm rereading and I hope everyone will benefit from that as well so talk to you guys next week and I hope you have another great week